And you look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff, we should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. You know, defense is going to do what they do. And last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. your hosts, Kim Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Monday night football can be downright scary on Halloween, and we're hoping it will be as we get set to host the Cincinnati Bengals at First Energy Stadium, and we preview it tonight on the Cleveland Browns preview show, all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Good evening, friends. Kim Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. Gerard, good evening, friend. Good evening, Kenneth. Wonderful as always to hear your voice. Wonderful as always to see you. Wonderful as always to talk football with you. And away we go with four downs. First down. First things first, Gerard, another heartbreaker this time in the Charm City. 23-20 to the Baltimore Ravens. Best all-around game this team has played this season. What are you thinking? Well, what I'm thinking is you're right. It is probably the best all-around game this team has played all season. But the problem is this. There was an L attached to that all-around performance in that you didn't close things out. You didn't do what was necessary from still making those mistakes. We talk about dotting the I's and crossing the T's and making sure you do the little things right. And when you don't do the little things right, it all adds up. And I think back to this situation. There was one in which Queen, the linebacker for the Ravens, blitzed on several occasions, Ken. Patrick Queen, yeah. And on the second one, when he blitzed, he did the same thing. He shoots the gaps. We had to switch things up right there because that led to poor field position, which led to a punt, which also led to them getting a great return as well. And that whole sequence right there cost us only three points at the time, but it adds up when you consider how much we lost by it. So just doing the little things like ball protection, making sure you're doing that. I would, don't want to fumble, nor do I want an interception. So making sure that we safely and securely do that with the football makes a difference. So uh, once again, Defensive effort was tremendous when you consider who we were playing against and Lamar Jackson and holding Mark Andrews to zero catches. So that was an improvement because the defense had been suffering majorly at that point in time from going into that game. So, yes, I felt it was an improvement and things are heading in the right direction, but obviously there's still much more to do. Gerard, let me ask you this because, you know, a couple of people tweeting at me earlier this week, and they go, well, the team is the youngest in the NFL. And I go, well, the, the youth – the age, yes, but experience, you know, you got guys who have five and six years experience on this defense. You got guys who have nine years experience on this offense. So age wise, yeah, but I, I think you're finding that across the league where a lot of teams try to be young and I think the Browns are always going to try to be young age wise, but with experience, there's a lot of guys who are left over on this twenty twenty football team. Why are they struggling closing out football games? Well, that's a heck of a question, Kim. But and to answer your your the tweeter's call or question, one, it's the same offense and defense for three years now for most of these guys. So that's not a fair assessment of the situation at hand. And the hard part about closing out is really this, from my experience. 
either it's how you practice from a practice habit standpoint and the foundation that you lay in the training camp part of the season from a preseason standpoint of how you get yourself in a position and a mindset that I'm going to make every time I step on this football field extremely challenging and tough on how I prepare and how I run and how I also apply myself once practice is over with, once I take the work home with me and I have to. That's how you close games out, and you have to go into the game as an individual and a collective with the mentality that once we get up, we're going to pour it on, and we're not going to rest on our laurels or settle down, that we want to beat you 40 to nothing, 50 to nothing. And if we have to get a tight game, we're prepared for that as well too. So I think it goes back to the mentality, and, Ken, that's the hardest part because that's metaphysics. You can't just – you can't – there's no metric to get to, to yeah. measure that. Yeah, very difficult. We get the second down. Second down. Well, time to preview the Cincinnati Bengals coming up four and three on the season, tied for first place in the AFC North. Zach Taylor, you know, a little up, a little down, and a lot of people don't know what to make of the guy. Twenty and thirty-five and one overall. He's in his fourth season. He's one and five all time against the Browns. Browns kind of have the best of Zach Taylor. Offensively, they're eleventh overall, twenty-eighth rushing, fifth passing. Defensively, eleventh overall, nineteenth rushing. Ninth passing. Speaking of having trouble closing out games, boy, they had some real trouble in the red zone earlier this year in Baltimore as Baltimore was able to get them at night earlier this season. But, boy, they've been fantastic over the last couple of games. The Cincinnati Bengals have been, and Joe Burrow has been outstanding, Gerard. They are a very dangerous offense because of that quarterback. They certainly are, and I remember early in the season enjoying them struggling, talking about that Super Bowl hangover and that malaise that they prepared to have. But right now you cannot say that. I mean, last week Joe Burrow was accounted for over 500 yards of offense. When you consider his passing, his running, and everything else he was involved with as far as the offense was concerned with the Bengals, they're clicking now. You see Boyd get involved. You see Higgins get involved and Chase get involved. And Mixon as well is getting back on the grind too, so – Good Lord, you're talking about, I mean, you don't shy away from your opponents, Ken. You take them when they come, and you appreciate, and you want the challenge. You embrace it is a better way of putting it, and that's exactly what we need to do. But right now, it is fair to say that the Bengals are back to form, true form, on the offense, what made them so dangerous last season, and how they were managed to get to the Super Bowl. And the offensive line, to their credit, is actually playing better as well. They're throwing like crazy, though. A lot of four-man fronts, a lot of teams begging this Bengals team to run the football. Joe Mixon has not been himself this year. A lot of people can't explain why. Looking for the reasons. He's looking for the reasons. He just hasn't been himself. But the Bengals really not taking the bait. They've been throwing like crazy this season. Yeah, they certainly have. And what I saw from last week's game, I felt they did a good job of running the ball mixing mixing in there. And on top of that, when you got Burrow involved too, surprising teams with his ability to run so what they did to Atlanta was was pretty impressive in all aspects to me on the offensive end. So I think they're clicking on all cylinders with the running game as well. And it's just a matter of commitment to it. you got to commit yourself to running the football. And I think if they decide to do that in certain stretches of the game, they'll be better for it. But Mixon definitely looked better this past week, in my opinion, than the other previous weeks in games. Bengals' run pass ratio has been, or pass run ratio, I beg your pardon, has been 63-37. That would sound weird after what we just talked about. Defensively, Bengals have not allowed a touchdown in the second half through seven games, a feat accomplished only by two other teams since 1970. So they've been better defensively throughout the first uh, seven ball games here in 2022. Why do you think that's been here defensively throughout the first half of this season for the Cincinnati Bengals, Gerard? Well, when you see their defensive line, these guys get after it. They're, 
And if you think about it, too, they're the ones who kept this team in the game because the offense was struggling big time. But the defense was putting them in a position to where they could still compete and have a chance at winning some of these football games. And now that you get a combination of complimentary football, we talk about so much, they're doing just that. And when these teams are, when they're flipping the field, they're pinning teams down and getting three and out scenarios. And they're putting major pressure on quarterbacks. I mean, they were all over Mariota this past week where he was forcing the football and had no time to throw it. So very impressed with what I'm seeing out of their front seven. 19th, though, against the rush. Yes, that Nick is Chubb. one thing they're definitely vulnerable against. You, you, that does show up. That does show up. But <laughs> here and there, a team will break and run on them. And, it, and if you go across th- three or four games, you'll see it in New Orleans. You'll see it with the Ravens. And you'll even see it with the Falcons last week that they are vulnerable to the rush. They certainly are. All right, time for third down. Third down. Distractions all over the place this week. Monday Night Football, the bye week rapidly approaching. The trade deadline, lots of conversation across the league. We saw Robert Quinn today as we talk, you and I, on Wednesday. Robert Quinn went from the Chicago Bears to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, with a lot of conversation going on around the league. Who's going to go where? What's going to happen? Nathaniel Hackett all of a sudden on the hot seat halfway through the season for the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson talking about doing high kicks and 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 and, and, and stretching while everybody else is is sleeping on the way over to London. My goodness gracious, how do you block it all out right now, Gerard? Well, what you can block it out, man, is you, well, one, embrace what's wrong and try your best to fix it because harping on it and getting into yelling matches and discussions like that is not going to solve the problem. Ultimately, what's your alignment? What's your assignment? How about are you into doing that to the best of your poss- that you possibly can? And how consistent are you going to be at doing just that? And then from a Russell Wilson standpoint, Ken, I stick to this thought of in regards to him. Please do stop doing things that makes you seem like you're elite and that you are separate from your elitist would be the better way because you want to feel like you're elite when you step on that football Yeah, you want to be elite, but elitism right. is, yeah. It's a totally yeah. different thing, right? And that's the problem here. You're doing all these quirky things that separate you from the guys on your football team. And at some point, people will start to resent you especially on your football team. And when you get that going for you, you're going to have no chance of succeeding because those quarterbacks get all of the praise and all the glory. They still need a tremendous amount of help in order to get the job done. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, you know, Hemingway said it best. There's nothing noble in being superior to your fellow men. I mean, it couldn't be more true about that. All right, fourth down. Fourth down. Give me your favorite Monday Night Football memories, Browns or otherwise. Gerard, is there a memory as a player growing up or watching Monday Night Football that you got, buddy? As a player, heck yeah. I remember my first time ever playing on Monday night, and it was against the San Francisco 49ers, if I'm not mistaken. Ultimately, we got beat, but just the idea of being on Monday Night Football back in my hometown, playing with the area I grew up at, was just a cool experience, man, knowing that everybody in the country at that time with Monday Night Football was watching you, got you fired up. Yeah, I Monday Night Football, I remember I got to get my dad's guitar out uh-huh. and act like I was playing the Monday Night Football song. And, I mean, that's about it. And then I had to go to bed for the most part. Because Monday, <laughs> Monday Night Football used to start at 9 o'clock. Right. Monday Night Football was a late start. Late, late, late start. start. Now, if you're on the West goodness. Coast, it wasn't a problem. But, yeah, it used to be a late start, yeah. Yeah, East Coast, I remember. Boy, I, my dad was a Dolphins fan, so there was a lot of, boy, there was a lot of, a lot of bad Monday night losses. I remember a lot of bad Monday night losses on Monday night. The, the Jumbo Elliott game. 
with the Jets when they came back. That that game was wrapped up. My dad was very upset that night. Um, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of bad ones just watching Monday Night Football then. And then, you know, ever since 99, hadn't had a lot of Monday Night Football games. So looking forward to this Monday Night Football game uh, coming up between the Browns and the Bengals. Looking forward to the Browns getting in the win column against the Cincinnati Bengals coming up before we say uh, goodbye for a week with the bye week coming up. Of course, we will have the preview show coming up next Wednesday. Fans, mark your calendars for Face-Off on the Lake, presented by Meyer, the first-ever outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. On February 18th, the Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale now starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com or face or slash faceoff or just go ahead and give them a call 440-891-5050 that's firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or give them a call at 440-891-5050 coming up in a bit Gerard and I will take you around the league we'll welcome in the voice here Cleveland Browns Jim Donovan coming up next Browns tight end Harrison Bryant we talk football we talk Halloween we talk movies it's everything with Browns tight end Harrison Bryant coming up next. It's the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker K. George. This is Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Back at Bria, Ken Carmen, alongside of Gerard Cherry, the Cleveland Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Browns getting set to host the Cincinnati Bengals Monday night football, and you could watch it, of course, live on ESPN, or you can come on down to First Energy Stadium and see it at the stadium Halloween night. And to talk about the game coming up on Monday, we welcome in Browns tight end Harrison Bryan. Harrison, thank you very much for the time. Thanks for having me. So without David Njoku... How much does that affect your workload coming up on Monday and for the next few weeks? Yeah, um, you know, you never really know until you, you get in the meeting rooms and stuff and start seeing the game plans and how we want to attack the, the defenses we're going to go against with the Bengals Monday night. So, you know, whatever I'm asked to do, I'm going to be ready to do it and, you know, do it at a high level. How's this year gone for you working within this offense? This is year three of the Kevin Stefanski offense, and you've been in the NFL now three years. When did things start to click for you? Yeah, um, you know, in terms of just mental, uh, of, you know, mastering the offense of, of what I, they really want me to do in terms of, of my role, um, I feel like it was last year. So now I'm just really honing in on the details of my game in terms of footwork, um, hand placement, just the little things that, you know, can, can help your game. Harrison Bryan joining us on the show. Halloween coming up on Monday. What was the craziest costume you ever had? Um, I'm, I'm not a huge Halloween person. Why not? I just never have been, but growing up, we always dressed up and stuff, but, uh, you know, it's always during season, um, so usually locked in, but last year I went as, uh, like a, like a Ricky Bobby to the Halloween party, so uh, it was, it was pretty cool though. Do you like scary movies? Um, they're not my favorite, but I'll watch them though. If you have a favorite scary movie, what is it? Uh, probably one of the Saws. I don't like any of the Saws, they are a little too scary. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to... I'm, I'm like, if I'm going to watch a scary movie, it's going to be one of the scariest ones. So you got to send it all the way. I asked you what your favorite music was. You said you're a country guy. Do you have a favorite artist? Um, right now, I would definitely say Luke Combs. Really? Yeah, he's my he's the go-to. I also like Morgan Wallen, too. Have you seen Luke Combs in concert? Yes, I've seen Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen, both at the Country Fest uh, in Canton. In Canton? Yeah, in Canton. 
Why? Well, I'm from Ken. Yeah. You didn't know that. You wouldn't care. Why would I tell you that? Who cares? Uh, yeah, I never knew that, but Canton's a great place. Uh, yeah. The country fest is it's really cool. So went down last year, saw Luke Combs, and then this year Morgan Wallen. You ever been to Heggie's down in Canton? Have not. Unpaid testimonial. Next time you go down to Heggie's with your fiance, you go down there and you yeah you tell my sent you okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You're right in there. Uh, Harrison Bryant joining us here on the show. Cincinnati. What do they present to you guys defensively? Uh, obviously, extremely talented team um, all around. But on the defense side of the ball, um, we know them. We've played them since I've been here. We've played them. What this will be the fifth time since I've been here. Uh, they're really good up front. 91, 94, both really good ends. Good linebacking core. Good, you know, they're they're just all around a good defense. So we're gonna have to be on top of our game and, and execute the game plan. How do you get better blocking as your career goes on? Uh. I would say one of the big things is being willing to block, which I feel like I, I'm very willing to block. And then the other thing is just technique. Um, usually you're outmatched in terms of size and length uh, of the defensive ends and certain people you're asked to block. So it just comes down to technique and effort and you know just fighting and making sure your man doesn't make the tackle. Like As a tight end, when you watch a lot of film, it's not always perfect, but if you can keep your dude out of the way and fit it up on him, it's a win. How do you think the tight end position has evolved over the last 20 years? Uh, I think it's evolved a lot, uh, especially when you watch certain offenses. Uh, well, when you watch our offense, too, just some of the routes that Dave runs. Uh, you know, you watch like Mark Andrews last week uh, and Travis Kelsey, just, just the routes and how many targets they get a game is pretty impressive. But, I mean, they're obviously extremely talented and, and have earned that right of getting what they get. How old are you? Uh, 24. 24. How long have you been a tight end in your life? Uh, my first year playing tight end was my senior year of high school, so it's like seven years now. Senior year? What did you do before that? I played O-line. I was shorter and a, a little little stockier, so I hit a growth spurt. And my, my high school coach, he actually played in the NFL. He played for the Steelers for a few years, uh, and he was like, I think your best shot in college and stuff is to move to tight end. So I was like, let's do it. Who's your high school coach? Um, his name is J.T. Wall. He played fullback yeah. uh, for the Steelers for a while. No kidding. Yeah, he's one of the main reasons I'm sitting here right now. Just how he, I went to a, he coaches at a really small school and he uh, made a lot of calls and luckily FAU showed up and offered me, so it it helped me out a lot. To this day, I talk to him a lot and you know I'm just thankful for all he did for me. How tall are you now? Uh, six five. How tall were you then? My junior year, I was probably like six one, but I was like two sixty and a little chubby. So I hit a growth spurt, and now I'm putting back weight on. But uh, I was definitely shorter and stockier then. It's good you grew into it. You got a good tight end name. Has anybody ever told you that? No, I've not heard that, but uh, now I have. So I'm the first person to tell you that. Yeah, first one. It's a good. It's a good tight end name. Harrison Bryant joining us here on the show. So I, I mentioned you had a fiance. How long you been engaged? Um. Since June, so it hasn't been too long, but uh, already getting all the wedding stuff planned for next off season. So it's a little stressful, but exciting at the same time. You you getting hitched next off season? There? Yep. Next off season uh, in June, so it's gonna be a hot wedding. Yeah, it's in Texas too, so it's gonna be uh, oh boy. really roasty. Oh boy, are you helping plan the wedding? Um, she asked for my input, uh, but at the same time, like you know, just pick what you want and. I'm going to show up and be happy, so that's all that matters. How much advice you getting? Advice as in? From people. Does a lot of people give you advice? Um, Definitely from my dad and her dad and 
people that have been through it. So it's good advice. Open bar? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll give you this advice. For the groom, when it's an open bar, everybody wants to get the groom a drink. Pace yourself. I, I've already been warned of that. Um, actually, my cousin, he got married this off season and he didn't pace himself, and I, I learned from that mistake, so I'm, I'm well prepared there. Me and Miss Liz have been married 11 years, and uh, you got to pace yourself that you know the, the day of your wedding. So did you pace yourself? No, that's why I'm giving you the advice. No one gave me the advice. I had a great big Italian wedding. Did you ever see Goodfellas? I have not. I'm, it's okay. You're 24. A lot of young people haven't seen a lot of movies. You ever notice that? Uh, you young people, you've never seen a lot. Like, I'm 36, and I'm calling you you young people and stuff like that. But you guys watch a lot of Netflix, I notice, and you haven't seen a lot of movies. Like, like I'm not yelling at you for not seeing Goodfellas. You'll see it on your time. That's fine. But, like, in the movie Goodfellas, they have this great big Italian wedding scene and this huge thing. And um, you notice that not a lot of younger people have seen a lot of movies. You've seen a lot of 10-part series and a lot of HBO shows and a lot of Netflix series. Have you noticed that? Have you watched a lot of Netflix series and things like that? I definitely think that's something I've noticed um, this generation. Uh, we're more of, like, TV shows and Netflix original series uh I actually enjoy watching movies, but at the same time, I, I do prefer, um, like, ten-part series where shows are a little shorter and I can I, – I can't sit around for three hours and just, you it's know. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You got your phone and you got all the other things there. I mean, the the big epic – like, Godfather. Godfather's a long movie. You got to sit down and pay attention to the Godfather and stuff like that. That's that's difficult. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I would say our generation is not the – most patient generation so i can understand that what's your favorite like show what what's your favorite like drama you got going on right now um i would say in terms of my favorite show that i've watched on netflix is probably one of the narcos movies um very entertaining and i like the action and stuff like that of the show my lizzie and i we like to watch succession have you heard of that yet never heard of it it's good stuff brian cox is in it real good stuff jeremy strong um but yeah, it's not out until not the new season isn't out until the spring. Other than that, you know, there's not a whole lot out there. But yeah, what's your favorite movie? Um, I would probably say, Remember the Titans. Really? Yeah, that's my. That's that. That's probably number one for sure. You ready to hate me? What's that? I don't like that movie. Why not? Just to bother you. Well, what's what's the reason? Then? Honestly, I don't know. I just it doesn't. doesn't I, do it never struck me. It never struck a chord. That and the Blind Side. I don't know why. And everybody's like, you just don't like it because you just want to bother everybody. I go no. I like Rudy, and there's other movies I like. It's just the, those two movies I'm not a real big fan of. Well, that's all right. Um, everyone's open to their opinion, even though I would say might be a wrong opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know though. You are, I mean, yeah. you could be right. I'll be 46 someday, and we'll see what I think of yeah, then. Maybe your mind will change. Yeah, maybe it will. I mean, we're all open-minded here. Um, what do you have to say? We've got a home game coming up on Sunday. What's your message to the fans that will be attending? Or, excuse me, on Monday. What's your message to the fans who will be attending Monday's game? Um, you know, as as always, as a player in the locker room, um, you know, we, we really love the home crowd. And uh, the fans are going crazy. And, you know, whether that's defensively we make a big play or they're affecting the game for the defense in terms of, maybe their team jumping off sides, but also when our offense is making big plays, just the crowd going crazy, uh, it, it does a lot for our team, and we really appreciate the su support, so hopefully everyone shows out Monday night. 
Monday night football, Halloween night. Harrison Bryan hoping the Browns and the Browns fans will make it really scary for the Cincinnati Bengals. When Gerard and I return, we'll go around the league. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Browns fans, make sure you stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options. Twisted Tea Tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Gerard, are we ready? We are go ready. around the league. Yes, we are. I love it when we're ready to go around the league. Away we go. First one up. Best division of football. Is it the AFC East or the NFC East, Gerard? I'm going to stick to my guns on this and say the NFC East is the best team in the NFL. And the reason why I say that, Ken, is quite simple. Hmm. They have the best team, first and foremost, in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles, who are only trying to get better because they just acquired the towns of Quinn to their stable of already top-notch defensive linemen, and then when you look at the Dallas Cowboys and what they represent, you can make the argument that they have the best defense in the National Football League. Not from a statistical standpoint, it may not say that, but I love what I'm seeing, and I think Michael Parsons may be the defensive player of the year, and now they got Dak Prescott back there as, as opposed to Cooper Rush. Who knows what they're going to be capable of doing from an offensive standpoint. And then you look at the New York Giants. They are gritty. They are grimy. They are getting the job done. It's not pretty, Ken, but they're winning. Now, obviously... The commanders. Brian Dabo looks like a tow truck driver. I love him. <laughs> the commanders, you don't, they don't even fit the question because we look at the AFC. Well, every division has to have one. Right, right, you know, every bum. I mean, and the AFC yeah. East, just don't, I mean, I love what the Jets are doing, what they represent, and obviously the Bills are playing pretty good, but I think when you compare the, the two, I just damned you more reasons why it makes more sense to say the uh, NFC East than the AFC East, unless you think the Bills are the best team in the National Football League. Let's go. Well, do you think the Bills are the best team in the National Football League? No, what do you think I think it's the Eagles. You think I, think it's the Eagles? Play the, I think if they had to play the Eagles, the Eagles would beat them. i got to tell you, man, i got a little bit of a blind spot about the Eagles. I've watched a little bit of the Eagles, but I've not mm-hmm. watched them as much as I've watched the Bills, to be frank. So uh-huh. just because I've watched more Bills than I've watched Eagles, I want to give it to the Bills. Yeah, which and the reason. Uh-huh. I'm just going by I'm just, like what you've seen. It's it's kind of like in college football because I'm just going by. I'm, I I just have to be honest with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like there might be some people driving around right now who are kind of like eye rolling me, and that's perfectly fair. It's just going by what I've seen. Like it's kind of college football SEC bias. Like there could be people who are going, hey, like if it, like it, like not right now in the Pac-12, but there could be like people going, hey, you're not seeing the Pac-12 because it's Pac-12 after dark. But the majority of America's watching the SEC at 3.30 on CBS. Right. right. Well, I'm sorry. I can only go by what I'm seeing here. And when I'm when I'm going over like NFL Plus or something and I'm watching the other games, I'm, I am. I'm watching more Bills and I have been watching the Eagles. I apologize. Go ahead. And, and see, here's the thing that I, I see. I see that I that the Eagles can win in any type of a game. It could That's be true. ugly. It could be a shootout. They can go field position on you and win games. I don't think the Bills can do that. And the reason why I don't think the Bills can do that is one key component. Where in the heck is the running game? But I think the Bills I think the Bills can beat the Eagles though. Why? 
Because I think Josh Allen's better than J- than Jalen Hurts, and I think, I don't that think Josh one Allen dimensional. Will pl- I don't I think, think one dimensional offensive player is going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And I love how we make Jalen Hurts is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, uh, Josh Allen has I, that I don't physical have presence. To get you. Oh, oh, uh, I didn't say Jalen Hurts was bad. Don't you dare. I I didn't say that yet. Okay, okay. I ain't said yet. Yet. I ain't said yet. Uh, but what we like to do uh-huh. is, well, here's the thing. You can't. Josh Allen is a dual threat quarterback. Let's give him his credit. He truly is. He can beat you from the pocket, and obviously hurling over folks, he can beat you with his legs. Hurts is doing the same things as well. Am I going to say he's playing better than Allen at this point as a passer? No. That would be totally irresponsible on my part from an analyst standpoint. What I don't like about, what I don't like about, like we just got done playing the Ravens, and everybody's like, he's a good running back. He's not a good quarterback. I go, okay, well, what about Josh Allen leaping over everybody over right. there? No one the says same anything thing. about that. Right. And and I, I like when I'm seeing Jalen Hurts, and I'm not seeing as much Jalen Hurts as I am Josh Allen. And I go, when Josh Allen takes off too, but I'm not going to sit here and rip on, I liked Jalen Hurts coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are waiting on the other shoe to drop, waiting for Jalen Hurts, pardon this because we're so close to Halloween, waiting on him to turn into a pumpkin. Right. That's not it. Heck, That's the Eagles were waiting it. on him. They weren't quite sure, but they actually did a yeah. smart, prudent thing and empowered him. It's about empowering the right people. If you hear this, yeah. I'm a winner. I'm a believer. Yeah, I am a winner, but I'm a believer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a believer from the standpoint of simply put, the dude's pre- his speeches at pre and post game. The dude has leadership qualities written all over him. Guys are following him for the right reasons. So I love what he represents. But yeah, that's a hard press because right there, they're two of my favorite quarterbacks because I love how they play the game. They play yeah, with passion. They're, they're, <laughs> you were gonna say so? Like, don't you, don't you love me with everybody else when it comes to Jalen Hurts? I liked him coming out of the draft. Nah, I'm not going to put that on you. I haven't heard you say anything negative about him. (laughs) CBS Sports ranked the top 32 QBs in the NFL through seven weeks. They're top five in order. Mahomes, Allen, Rodgers, Burrow, Brady. Agree or disagree, who would you take out? Who would you put in? Well, right now, considering how Rodgers and Brady are playing, one of them got to take Rodgers out and put. Yeah, well. Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur thinks that Devontae Adams is just going to come walking out of the locker room. I don't know what Matt LaFleur is doing. Well, I'm sorry. I, well, I can't hold my tongue kid? no longer. I what are you going to do? I, I guess they're just going to make a trade. I don't know what they're doing with their offense. I think he either he either thinks Devontae Adams is in the bathroom or he thinks Devontae Adams is actually out there. Either way, <laughs> Matt LaFleur is making a terrible mistake. I'm sorry. How about these I'm guys sorry. catch the ball when it hits them in the hands? I mean, I, so, so I can't. I cannot get on the floor. Because I see them. You got good running backs. That you got too, a but I also. Line. But I also see balls hitting guys who are professional receivers in the hands. Guys who are on scholarship, who got a scholarship to catch the football. Now they're in the pros. The ball is hitting them in the hand. Guys are open. Why are they dropping passes that I, a former DB, could catch? So that I can't put that on the floor. And then the other part of the, of the equation, I'm not quite sure what you're right with Aaron. Because the stuff he's saying, I think, is more divisive if, as opposed to bringing a team together. Don't challenge your coach out in the media and publicly. 
that just makes it even harder for Lafleur to do his job. I like it because it makes it easier for me to go ahead and rip him too. So that's what that's <laughs> well, it makes I'm your job easier because you still no, talk I, about. No, it. I, 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 I'll tell you right now, I do watch the Packers games, and I'm going. You got Old Man River back there, and he's back, and he's he looks disinterested right now because I think he's got. I think he's like, okay, we'll go with the play calls, and I think he's got problems with some of the play calls out there because he does not have Devontae Adams to throw to anymore, and he's got these wide receivers who he does not trust, and for whatever reason, they just continue to keep trying to roast the ball down the field against these teams when it is wide open right now, Gerard. We're seeing teams a renaissance of running the football in 2022. everybody's prepared for the pass. You're exactly right. Everybody. We've, we've experienced everybody. it firsthand. Now, let me get the Brady so I can really blow your mind on this please, one. Please, please. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I'm taking Go time ahead. out, and I'm putting Geno Smith in. <laughs> I was going to do Red Fox. My wife's name is actually Elizabeth, and she's upstairs, so I'm coming to see her. I'm coming to see you, Elizabeth. Gino is Smith it. is balling. Did you ever think he'd say that? He is. He is. Like he's, he, the key part you said is right now, right? He's, he's, he's making Pete Carroll look like a genius. Yes, he is. Especially if Russell Wilson keeps walking around talking about, I don't know what he's doing. He's walking say, around talking kicks? to the trees and... <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. It's getting to the point where people make up stories about Russell Wilson, and everybody just believes them. And you need to go and fact check everything so you don't look like an idiot if you say it on the air. Like that's where it's going with Russell Wilson right now. Connor's like, you guys gotta go. Okay, we're gonna get Jim. We're gonna get Jim on the show. We're getting Jim on next. I promise. Is Jim is smart. Jim is smart. We're gonna get to him next. By the way, be part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member wait list today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in the future. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Geno Smith, I mean, he's making Pete Carroll look outstanding right now. I mean, that, that final score on Sunday looked a lot closer than what it really was. That was a beating. Yeah. Good for Geno Smith. Good for the Seattle Seahawks. And right now, Denver, hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I was fooled. I was fooled. My fault, too. I look like a dummy. Coming up next, Jim Donovan. We'll ask him about all these machinations and the Browns and the Bengals and how the Browns can get back on track, get themselves a win before the bye week against the Cincinnati Bengals on Halloween night on Monday Night Football. Coming up next on the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Join the Browns for a night of painting, drinks, and appetizers at Browns and Brushes, presented by Brownstown Napa Valley. The event takes place on Thursday night in the Cardiac Club at First Energy Stadium, beginning at 7 p.m. Tickets are $50 and space is limited. For information, visit clevelandbrowns.com or call 440 891 5050 Browns Bengals coming up at First Energy Stadium on Monday night to talk about it. We welcome in the voice here, Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. Jim, good evening. Good evening, Ken and Gerard. Good to be with you again. Wonderful to have you with us. We got to start off with the Ravens game. Very close, very hard fought game, but we didn't come out on the top side of the ledger. What went wrong? Well, I just think, uh, you know, once again, you're in a, you're in a situation where uh, you know, there's a game to be won. It's out there, right there on the field. You gotta, you have to come up with plays at those specific times. 
to be able to control the game and take the game and win the game, and they are unable to do that. Um, you know, they did a lot of things right and a lot of things better in the game on Sunday. I mean, they controlled their great tight end. I don't think Lamar Jackson hurt them a great deal, if at all, in the game. I think that defensively they were sounder. Um, I think, you know, Jacoby Brissett, you look at his numbers, they were very, very good, but there are those isolated moments in the game that keep coming back and haunting them. Ken, I think that they are so tight right now at this 2-5 and five record and in such shock that they are 2-5 and five, and they've lost four games in a row that they are playing so tight to not make a mistake that they make a mistake. And that's why mm-hmm. I think it happens on special teams once or twice every Sunday afternoon. It happens in other areas. Areas There's a strip sack and a fumble. Um, I just think the team is wound very, very tight right now and cannot believe the predicament that they're in. Yeah, that's a great point, Jim, because I know from personal experience that when you fear failure, you fail. But with that being, yeah. with that being said, and I'm not into moral victories, and I know you aren't either, but I have to pose the question to you. Was last week's effort a sign of improvement? Yeah, I think, you know, as far as preparation and and being much more, you know, uh, on point, uh, getting ready for the game, and then going out and carrying out your assignment and making plays, you know, as you know, compared to what we saw against New England and what we saw at moments against the Chargers and other games in the Atlanta game, yeah, I thought it was better, Gerard. I really did, but I, I still believe that this is a much more talented team. Uh, than what we're seeing play out on the field, and, and, I, and I don't know what's missing right now. I think that there's really a loss of confidence with the football team right now, and I think that there's a great deal of frustration. And all of those things make for a football team that at crucial moments in the game when you need a dynamic play uh, or a dynamic player to make that play, they are coming up short in that category, and that's why in you know you can say, well, they're they're in every game. I mean, they're not getting blown out except for that New England game. Um, yeah, but you got to win those games. I mean, and right. if you're going to win the division, if you're going to win the division, at some point you have to be able to go over there and win. My God, John Harbaugh is 24 and five in his career against the Browns. I mean, you're going to have to learn how to beat them at some point. You're going to have to learn how to beat them here. You're going to have to learn how to beat them over there. You're going to have to beat Pittsburgh. Maybe that's going to be a little bit easier. You're going to have to deal with this quarterback that they're going to deal with on Monday night if you're going to take the path of winning the division. And, Jim, the Browns went out and got Deion Jones to play middle linebacker. Do you think they'll be active before the end of the trade deadline? You know, it seems as though it, it, it's a, right now it's a, across the league – it is starting to become a little bit more active than in other years. I mean, Philadelphia makes a big trade today. They get Robert Quinn over from Chicago. There was the Christian McCaffrey deal. There was the Robbie Anderson deal, you know, getting, you know, jettisoned out of Carolina. He goes out west. Um, you know, I, I think that it, it possibly could happen, Gerard. Um, I, I, look at, uh, I look at draft capital that the Browns, I think, you know, might be looking to add to the uh, stockpile or try to stockpile some draft choices. I mean, yeah, I, I think they could be a player in that. Um, they could be a seller more so, more than a buyer um, and end up with, you know, with draft picks. It probably, a great deal would probably be predicated on what happens and what the result is on Monday night. I mean, if you drop 
to two and six and you now add another one five games in a row, um, you know, you're in a very, very different category in the NFL. Jim, we thank you very much for the time. We look forward to talking to you on Monday afternoon. All right, guys, take care. Look forward to it on Monday. Thank you. Jim Donovan, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, joining us on the hotline. Hey, if you're going to Monday night's game, get in the First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with Express Access, presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win a Browns autograph piece of merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab at the Browns mobile app to learn more. Coming up next, Gerard and I will put the finishing touches on this. We'll tell you what we're looking forward to on Monday night and tell you what's coming up on Thursday with the Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play to the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Friends, make sure you don't miss the Kevin Stavansky Show with Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. at Panini's on Center Road in Brunswick. Meet Browns cornerback Greg Newsom the second as the guys get you ready for Monday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals. And Monday night, remember, 4 p.m. special time, 4 p.m. Monday night. It should be 4 p.m. Monday afternoon to get you ready for Monday Night Football. Browns game day, Gerard Cherry and myself, 6 p.m. Browns kickoff with myself, Andy Baskin, Tyvis Powell, 8.15 p.m. kickoff. Jim, Nathan, and Gerard on the sideline from First Energy Stadium. Bengals coming to town, Gerard. What do the Browns got to do to get that win, my friend? It's really simple. You have to slow down, shut down, prevent Joe Burrow and that offense from getting down the football field with this explosive plays. You have to make them drive. Force them into mistakes. Don't let them establish the running game either because they haven't done the best of jobs of that, even though lately they've been playing, doing a much better job, rather, of running the football. And then from a defensive standpoint, do not allow them to dictate what takes place at the point of attack on the line of scrimmage. Continue to be dominant in how you rush the football and give Jacoby some protection so he can make some plays as well. And you have a great shot in this game, but I can't leave this out because I almost did. Three phases to this game, right? Yeah. Special teams. You have to be a contributor not a deter when it comes to what you do when you take the football field. I'm seeing big plays from the backup running backs on special teams tackling. Have you noticed that as well? I mean, they are trying to contribute, guys, on special teams. Dearness Johnson, you're trying to pop in there as well. So, I mean, you're seeing some of that as well, uh, Gerard. So, I mean, guys are trying to contribute in that case. I mean, it, it's been a rough month. Obviously, it's been a rough month, but you're starting to see some guys sell out trying to make it happen. Well, so the key part, though, is, Ken, it can't be tried. You have to do at this point because, yeah. again, if you're flipping the field and you have issues where you're giving a shortened field for any NFL team, they're going to score, be it three points or six leading to seven points, and that becomes crucial. And as you've seen, look at the scores in which the margin by which we lost games. Those mm-hmm. little things that we talk about and right. the need to do things better and not make those slight mistakes, they go come back to haunt you. Because, again, we're losing. We've lost a bunch of games by less than four points. And you can say this, certainly just doing the little things right would have made a big difference in whether or not we win or lose a football game. But I must say this, even in a losing effort, and I'm not this guy, but I have to call it like I see it, it was a better 
example of complimentary football. Eliminate some turnovers and a couple of key mistakes on special teams, and you win that football game. But we're on to, obviously, the Bengals, and you're going to have to have a better effort, obviously, and bring the intensity and an idea that, hey, we're going to shut down the Bengals and you can get the job done. Yeah, Joe Burrow has been red hot over the last couple of weeks, and you know he's going to be bringing it. They're 1-5 and five over their last six games against the Cleveland Browns, so they're going to be looking for some redemption against this Cleveland Browns football team. You're going to be looking out for Thursday night, the Kevin Stefanski Show, Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry, Coach Stefanski, and Browns cornerback Greg Newsom from Panini's on Center Road in Brunswick. Be ready for that. Then 4 p.m. it all starts, Browns game day, then 6 Browns kickoff show, 8-15 kickoff. Jim, Nathan, and Gerard from First Energy Stadium on Monday. Big thanks to Jason Gibbs, Meredith Kane, and Connor Lawrence for my good buddy, Gerard Cherry. I'm Ken Carmen, thanking you, as always, for listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.